You're listening to Not Another Diet, the podcast. This is episode four. It's the first part of a two-parter that I'm calling The Cult of Calories. Why the cult of calories? <laughs> well, I think it's really important for everyone to understand that this has become baseline information on weight loss. There's almost no talking about losing weight without the subject of calories and then by extension calorie counting coming up. And I really wanna challenge that thinking in your mind because I think it's counterproductive. And there's two questions that I love to ask about calorie counting. Is it necessary and is it a good idea? And what I wanna do in these next two episodes is break down exactly why we do this, <laughs> why it's counterproductive, and then the final is really why it's harmful to you. This is part one, and I'm calling it the fallacies of calorie counting and why we keep trying. I like to call this running into a brick wall. <laughs> this is basically how I think of calorie counting as a practice. And there's really not a person that I've spoken to almost anywhere who hasn't relied on this practice or this idea and gone back to it over and over and over again. And when I bring members into my program, one of the very first things I have to do is help them understand why it's been so difficult and such a failure and help them understand why this practice is really contrary to their long-term health gains. And so we're gonna do it now together. I'm gonna do it with you <laughs> because I, if there's, boy, if you listen to any of the podcast episode, and I'm gonna try to make all of them in season one, which is sort of centered around the idea of freeing yourself, really liberate you from bad ideas. This is the one I think that traps people endlessly into over and under eating. And I, I think of it as a loathsome practice. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give you my little story about how I came to never use these apps again, which like most of us use apps for calorie counting. And by the way, when I use the calorie myth, it's really important to understand that could be colors, that can be points. It doesn't matter. They're all based on the calorie myth, which is actually an article I'm going to reference later on in this podcast that makes some amazing points. Now, of course, all of your information can't come from one article, so, you know, but it's, it gives us a good starter. So in my own life, this was around the time that I had that scale incident that I talk about in um, episode one. This happened within a week or two of that. And I remember, I don't know if I was on the Weight Watchers app or some other, or like there's, you know, my fitness pal or whatever. And I was, putting figs into an app. So figs, fresh figs, like just fruit, just fresh fruit. And I love figs um, and I eat them with abandon now. But at the time I was trying to lose weight and I felt like I had to do this in order to lose weight, which I think you, you, if you're listening, you can probably relate to that. Like this whole idea of suppressing yourself through calorie counting as though food is a counting exercise and eating is a counting exercise. And if you just had the math, you would be able to have success. <laughs> and despite the vast amounts of data that that is not the case, 
people continue to blame themselves. And so that's the purpose of this two-parter is to really like, I, I really want you to free yourself from this idea. But in any case, I was putting figs into an app and each one was worth 50 calories. And I don't remember whether it was like points or not. And I was, I don't know what happened to me. And of course this, you know, like letting go of dieting is an evolution, but I remember just being disgusted with the fact that I was only allowed to have two figs, two figs. There's a bowl of figs sitting in my kitchen and I'm allowed to have two. And that's what, that was the calorie allotment I had for the day. Now I came to understand later that that calorie allotment was, was like a child's, like 1200 calories is what children consume. Um, not grown adults who have things to do and don't want to spend all their time being hungry. But I just was like, this is crazy. This can't be right. How did people go through millennia eating fruits and not have to put it into an app to figure it out? And I think I deleted it right from there. Like I just thought, this is bonkers. And I don't care how many calories a fig has. I'm going to eat them and I'm going to do it with uh, joy. I want to eat this thing and feel great about it. So that's my own story of letting go of the practice of counting calories. But, you know, like everyone who's losing weight is looking for life-changing magic. You know, tell me the thing, right? Which we covered in episode one. But if you want life-changing magic, let me give it to you. Stop doing things that clearly don't work or making trying to make bad ideas work in your life and then blaming yourself for the product like you you know if you if you come to understand why calorie counting is so destructive you can let go of it and you know in this episode i'm going to lay out why i think it's a trap and the trap is back and forth in the dieting right and why i think it brings disordered eating and also, if you've ever had the thought, yeah, but if I could just stick to the plan, it would work. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's also a trap. And most importantly, I want it to be that you don't lose all these years of your life, of your one precious, wonderful life to a, a horrible idea with very little science behind it in terms of long-term lasting results. So, you know, the best I'm going to be able to tell you about calorie counting is if you need to lose weight temporarily and quickly, that is a way to do it. Um, but if you are tuning into my podcast or have read my writing or gone through my program, then my guess is what you really want is a long-term, stable, healthy weight. And I see no path from calorie counting to that perfectly reasonable outcome. One of the key reasons that people get sucked into calorie counting schemes, and yes, my my bent, my <laughs> my personal bent on all of this is gonna come through, but you know, I've never like this this podcast is my opinion. So you're uh you're tuning in to get my opinion and but also backed by, you know, years of work. In any case, one of the key reasons that we get sucked into calorie counting is because we assume because we've gained weight that we don't know how to eat. We don't know how much to eat or we don't know the right things to eat. But that one has some merit, but not in the way of calorie counting. Calorie counting will not reveal to you what you should be eating. 
But we look at our bodies and say, well, I don't know how to eat. And so I need help figuring out my portion sizes and holding my eating down. And that's a problem in and of itself. But I think I'm going to just try to tackle these things one at a time and a little more narrowly. What I think is that that's the wrong story. Your eating is not a math problem. And one of the key things that I was able to discover is how important it is to tune into yourself, how important it is to listen to your body, how important it is to feed yourself things that actually allow you to do that. And that only happened when I was able to finally put those apps down and, and really had committed to myself. And it wasn't that difficult at that point. After 20 years of doing something, I think you can safely say that it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> but listening to yourself, it you know, when I didn't have this crutch anymore was when I was able to finally do this. So it's, uh, I think the word that I'm looking for, I'm going to mispronounce it here, but is proprioception, your ability to tune into yourself, your ability to understand your body is a really fundamental component. And I'm going to give you an analogy that I think is better than the calories in, calories out analogy. And so we tend to think of these apps, calorie counting apps, and again, could be colors, could be points. It doesn't really matter. It's all the same. It's based on the same ideas. We think of it as training wheels. If I do this for a little while, I will then, you know, the, the mythology is, and I say mythology because even these companies know that that's actually not the result for the vast majority of people, um, which makes it a f an awesome business model, but maybe not great for you. But the, the, the idea being like, if I have these training wheels for a little while, what I can do is go forward in my life and then um, I'll do this for a little while and then that'll teach me how to uh how to eat and that's only true if um the the issue was that you just didn't understand portion sizes which like that's fundamentally not actually the problem for most people in any case what it's actually closer to here's a better analogy have you ever used your phone for gps in in a new city and you're walking this is especially true with walking but honestly it works with driving too where you start with some place and you need to get to another place so obviously that's what you're using your gps for but you don't exactly know where you are and you're so busy looking at your phone that you're just walking blocks and blocks uh, in one direction and and you're so turned around sometimes this has definitely happened to me where it tells you to walk in one way and you walk in the opposite way and then you you know your phone tells you to turn around in any case you get the idea like even if you get to your destination which hopefully you have you're not that clear about where you are or how you got there in fact for the most part people can't actually even retrace their steps and this is there's actually a scientific study on this one uh that came out that people who use gps versus reading a map actually uh, don't understand where they how they got there and I think of apps as that, and that's a best case scenario. Best case scenario is you lost the weight, but you actually ended up no better position because the issue wasn't uh, about you holding your eating down. The issue was about how you are triggered in modern life constantly and triggering yourself to eat and eat and eat more. And how do you then tune back into yourself that's a different question and one that calorie counting apps will never be able to answer.
So that's one issue. I like to call calorie counting a test tube idea. <laughs> what I mean by that is that it's good in theory. So the theory, but terrible in practice. And the theory, of course, is that if you just understood what each of these foods has in units of energy, that would somehow fix the problem going forward. And you can just add it up and it's math and you'll sail on in your life. And of course, human beings are far more complicated than that. We're much more tuned into our environments. There's all kinds of ways in which people are triggered to eat. And hunger is only one of them. But interestingly enough, the one that calorie counting apps actually don't address at all. But the problem is that calorie counting is an idea outside of human behavior and our actual lives. It doesn't account for all of the ways you are upended or encouraged to eat obesogenic things or don't realize what you're eating. And of course, you know, some nutritional information is absolutely key, but it's not the foundation. The foundation is not knowing units of energy. And if I haven't told you this before, I lost all my weight without counting a thing not a thing, not a calorie. <laughs> I didn't use portion measurements. I didn't, um, I didn't hold down my eating in any of the ways in which diet culture encourages you to essentially suppress your eating. The other issue with calorie counting is that it makes you the problem. You're the fundamental issue. You gain the weight, you're the problem. Well, I got news for you. You are not the problem. Yes, I understand the, the problem may be showing up on your body. And I understand I don't know you. So if in your mind you're thinking, well, Rebecca, you don't know me. Okay, but I still know that you're not the problem. And I know this because we as a population have essentially become obese. And you can't have an entire population this is happening to, but then the solutions are about you essentially being an issue. And when I what I mean by you are the problem is that what apps just encourage you to do is like, okay, just eat less, just eat less. And I mean, if I walked up to you on the street and said, okay, just eat less, you, you would roll your eyes at me <laughs> and you'd be right. But instead we're paying for apps to just basically tell you that and not really give you information as to what is happening in the first place that causes the overeating. I think that that would be much more helpful information. And in fact, in my own life, and in my members' lives, this has been crucial information. It turns out that your ability to listen to yourself and how you eat is not problematic. You know, how could, how could it be that across an entire population we're all problems? It, it doesn't, you know, look at a picture even from 50 years ago and the entire landscape looks different. Our food look different. People look different. I, I don't think we as a population have all of a sudden changed so much. Uh, I think what has happened is that the world has changed and we don't know how to cope with it. The other thing that it does in making you the problem is that it creates intense self-doubt. And this one breaks my heart the most, maybe not the most, because I think having pleasure in food is super important, but this idea of doubting yourself to deeply doubting who you are and how you can function in the world is really a terrible, it's corrosive. Let's call it what it is. It's corrosive. You don't need to doubt yourself. You actually need to strengthen your relationship to yourself and strengthen your ability to use judgment going through the world. But calorie counting really um, makes you look back at your food choices and think, 
oh my god oh my god <laughs> and and when you go back and forth as people have and i'll lay that out a little and a little more clearly you'll find that the way in which we use these things in our lives cause us to doubt ourselves and quite deeply and you actually need confidence to make progress on your health so how did we get here how did it become as i like to call it the cult of calories just because everything is about calories it's on every package it's in every discussion it's uh the basis for the vast majority of weight loss plans and it's one that I've almost thoroughly rejected. There is a, a side note as to where I think calories are useful, by the way. Um, I like to look sometimes, sometimes when I'm buying packaged food, which I try very hard not to, but occasionally it's useful for density. And in fact, when the whole idea of calories was invented, that's exactly what it was for. There was a man named Wilbur Atwater in the 1800s who, discovered the calorie and it, the purpose of it at the time was to help people identify food that was that had a lot of density to it meaning that it was it had a lot of energy it was caloric it was you know it was for the purpose of figuring out like if you wanted to um, avoid something that was super dense you could you could use this unit of measurement which by the way it was the science was in a bathtub like, I'm sure that the science has progressed some. This The whole purpose of this section is not to give you an exact rundown of science. It's not meant to be a science lecture, but to pull from these ideas and then help you understand how it came to be that we use them. I think that's really important. Like, we have a whole society that runs on ideas, but you have to go back and look at these things to see if they actually are useful. Do they serve us? <laughs> Or do they help companies sell you nonsense, which I would vote the latter. Having said that, that's where it came from. It was science in a bathtub in the 1800s, and it was for the purposes of, of figuring out the density of food. That's it. And that's the only way that I use it now that I think, um, hey, this is actually useful for that. So there's this really fantastic article on Medium called The Calorie Myth. And it, I've pulled some information from here, but other things that I've known about, and there's this is sort of a mix of things. And uh, he has this wonderful quote to begin with that I resonated so much with. And he says, this is more or less the central myth of the Western diet. The word myth here doesn't necessarily mean that calories aren't real. It just means that calories are a story around which we organize our Western beliefs and values, just like ancient societies that had their own culture-shaping myths about why it rained and which spiritual beings ran the show. I love this quote. It's so funny, and it's so true. We have a whole mythology that goes around uh, proper eating, um, weight gain, weight loss, and this, this constant idea, which I think sort of reduces us to robots, like we're calories in and then calories out and calories in calories out well the world and you are far more complex than that and what's interesting is simultaneously the remedy is actually much more simple than counting calories uh if if you've ever found that process exhausting believe me when i tell you you are not alone um it's one of the key reasons that people end up dropping this is that they really really hate doing it so uh 
How did we get to the point where it became something for weight loss? Well, we're going to fast forward from the 1800s, from the bathtub to the 1960s, which is, uh, and by the way, <laughs> before I say this, I am in no way blaming feminism for um, packaged foods, but we had a lot of women enter the workforce and, um, and, and, you know, either leave homemaking behind or do what we do today, which is basically all of it. And companies stepped in with their products, their food products to make life easier, right? Like prepared meals, um, you know, powdered orange juice and all the, the things that we know as the precursor or the beginning of modern food processing. So the 1960s is really where that started ramping up. And in fact, uh, it has ramped up and ramped up and ramped up pretty significantly uh, all the way to now, which it keeps on going. And you can actually look at the rise of food processing at the same time as the rise in obesity. Exactly the same. Just put one chart right over the top of the other. And it becomes very clear what the issue was. And, you know, in podcast number one, or in, in, in episode one, I talk about our mothers, our mothers with their weight anxiety. What I, what I didn't talk about in that is that our mothers were not uniquely flawed either. <laughs> what they were, were sort of victims of food processing. And they had weight anxiety and they began the culture of diets. And then, by the way, okay, so now we're, we're, we're fast forwarding because companies serve us food on one end that um, creates a problem metabolically. And then on the other, now we've got diets. And I spent the night at a friend's house recently and she had this, it was meant to be funny. Somebody had given her a magazine from the 1960s that was all about dieting. And it was horrific in all the ways you can imagine. But I remember this spread like with ideal meals, which all of them were disgusting, by the way. I don't know if you've looked at American food from the 60s. It's like things in Jello, like hot dogs in Jello and things like, I mean, it's just totally disgusting and all processed. And all of it had a calorie count on it now. So now, now you're being fed food through these companies, promising you less time in the kitchen, which I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think of it as happy time in the kitchen. I, I sort of love making meals, so I'm not really sure I wanted to get out of there. But uh, you're, you, so you've got this food that supposedly saves time as though we're all units of productivity, right? And on the other, now it's causing a problem. But hey, what the issue is, is that you just didn't count enough. You, you didn't understand how to count what it was that you were eating. And this right here that I'm describing that started in the 60s is now in full ramp up mode. The difference today is that you've got these apps that are just like super sophisticated looking and they've got colors and they'll tell you they have nutritionists behind it and maybe that's true. It's certainly not a rousing endorsement for, for, for those people in that profession, although I don't dismiss nutritionists, but whatever. Where I'm going with all of this is that you can see that this is a trap. It's a trap. What is happening is <laughs> that this food is creating metabolic havoc. And then there's companies simultaneously on the other end that have the remedy and the remedy is apparently math. And this is the conundrum that we live with today. Because when you're counting food, 
when you're actually doing the math of counting food, what kind of food are you counting? Think for a moment. What are you counting? Is it figs? Probably not. What, what it most likely is, is food that has a package and a calorie count on the back and um, neatly falls into both buying processed food and um, goes right into that app. You can even scan barcodes now, which sounds like a time saver. I think it's sort of horrifying. Like you, you're really just in this stream of buying a whole lot of processed food. And that's the issue. And I think, you know, most people, when I talk to them or they come into my program or whatever, what they tell me very clearly is that they want to eat naturally and in tune with their body. I have, I do customer research all the time. And this is the phrase I hear over and over again. And I don't, I'm not feeding anybody anything. <laughs> this is the one. They want to eat naturally and in tune with their body. Now let's reference back to what modern food has become and tell me what the path is. And you know, if you, if you know it, great, but I don't. And frankly, I found my own way out, so I don't really want to go back. But I don't know the path from eating food, high food processing and counting to eating naturally and in tune with your body. I, I think, and if you think about it for a second in the marketing, like how murky is that in your mind? You know, like you're bringing the mythology with you when you download that app, that you're going to be able to go from there to what I just described. Really, if you want to eat naturally and in tune with your body, that requires an entire other system, a complete other way of thinking about food and yourself and tuning into yourself. You need, you actually need a guide to help you understand you, <laughs> not, um, not the, the units of measurement of any given food that you're gonna eat. So here's a quote from one of the articles I've written. I probably have over a hundred on Medium if you feel like exploring. I have a little publication there called Not Another Diet. And, the quote is this, tracking calories is a diet culture answer to deal with the effects of food processing. It's an artificial boundary designed to make you eat less temporarily. This practice leads people to believe there's something wrong with their hunger or bodies as the weight returns or they can't deal with the restrictions anymore. What we don't understand about calorie counting or apps or colors or points or spreadsheets by the way that's a true story one woman told me that she joined a program and had to do had to put all her food into a spreadsheet which i think you know you can just kill me now like there's no way i'm gonna ever do that that sounds horrible but there's an analogy i want to give you that i think is more appropriate um for what you're actually doing when you're putting your food into a device it's just a device okay and in fact, the whole practice of putting your food is just a device. You can think of the whole way of doing that is a device to suppress your eating, okay? Because if you're, if you're spending your time, if you have an allotment and you're registering, you will eat less for a little while. That will happen. Uh, how long you can maintain it has to do with you. I could never do it. I just couldn't do it. I'm a person who eats a lot and I like the process of just feeding myself when I'm hungry. I think that's a really great thing to do. I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, I love it. I like to eat and I like to eat when I'm hungry and I don't wanna be disconnected from that. 
But there's a wonderful analogy that's a pot lid analogy that I like to use. So if you have a pot and the flame is on high and it's boiling, boiling on the inside, what you can do to suppress the boiling for a little while is put a heavy lid on it. You know, if you've got one of those Le Creuset or whatever, you just put that lid on it and the steam stops coming out. But as you well know, the flame is still going. The flame underneath in this particular case is represents what's driving your eating. And this is a great analogy for how actually people end up um, getting derailed on these diets because the flame is still going and eventually the boiling comes through and the lid starts clattering and comes off, right? And that's you going like, I cannot put another thing into this plan. Um, and this is, this is really how diets function and the main reason that people end up going off of them. I mean, there's so many others, it's really hard to, to, to say everything in one podcast, but if you take away anything, it's that you have not really dealt with what's driving the eating. And it, by the way, it's not a personal deficiency. It's not that at all. It's most likely a combination of sugar, processed foods, and misunderstanding the triggers in your environment, if you can boil it down to those things. But the last thing I'll tell you is that when you put your food into an app or a calorie count or whatever, you're disassociating from yourself. You're not listening to your internal mechanisms, which are crucial for not only healing yourself, but trusting yourself and enjoying your food and enjoying the right amount of food to produce a healthy weight. These are not pie in the sky aspirations. So if you're like my members and what you have said to yourself is, I really wanna eat naturally and have that produce a healthy weight and um, eat in tune with my hunger, guess what? That's not a pie in the sky aspiration. That is your internal wisdom rising up and talking to you. So join me for part two, where we are gonna talk about the real world effects, like what actually happens to you when you embark on the process of a county counting <laughs> calorie diet. <laughs>